Welcome back to another episode of Grass is Always Greener, Michigan State podcast with me, your host, Ryan Elkey. Find me on Twitter, Ryan, E-L underscore key. Find the podcast at Always Green MSU. If you have a question, email us, grass is always greener, msu at gmail.com. On today's episode, finally, a win to start the new year. A nice 84-77 win over Nebraska. It's just Nebraska. Whatever. Let's get into it. One, two. May have scored more than other nights, and probably it's one of my better nights. But I'm 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 a team guy. I'm all about. I was that the focus to today was just to get a win. You know, anything we could do to get a win. That's anybody that comes to Michigan State. That's the standard we're held to. And I mean, I, I, I set a, a career high for myself. Yeah, that's fine and dandy. But I want to win. That's all. That's all I care about. A win is a win is a win and is a win. Oh, <laughs> 84-77 over. Nebraska, welcome into another episode of Grass is Always Greener. Heard Aaron Henry right there. Nice career high, 27 points. Uh, his, last, his previous career high was 20 versus the LSU game, and we'll kind of get into that because there's some knucklehead on Twitter that wanted to trash Tom Izzo, so we'll get into that uh, a little bit. But let's recap the game really quick. Michigan State. Finally gets in the win column for Big Ten play. 84-77 was the final score. And it was from the start. We saw a different starting lineup. A.J. Hogard starting at the point, with which Izzo kind of alluded to after the last game and during media availability that, you know, changes are coming. Hogard needs to play. So he gets to start at point guard. Rocket Watts moves to the bench. So it's Lankford, Henry, Hauser, Kith here. Those four have been starting most of the way. AJ Hogard enters in at the point. And even though his box score wasn't phenomenal, just looking at four points, two of three shooting, three rebounds, five assists, one turnover, two blocks in 23 minutes. <sighs> Whoop. Well, the, the, the box score isn't outstanding. You could see the team was a little more cohesive because there was someone that was leading them on the court. And I just absolutely loved it. Um, it was just something that I think is needed on this team as someone who is a true point guard that has a little more size. Foster Lawyer, again, like Foster Lawyer coming out of high school, out of Clarkston, dude was a, a walking bucket. Scored like almost 40 points a game in high school. So coming to be that that uh, you know, floor general was not something he was necessarily going to be. And like I said, he's he's a Big Ten pa- backup point guard, you know, starting mid-major point guard. That's what Foster Lawyer is as a college basketball player. Rocket Watts right now isn't a point guard. He doesn't have that mentality. So to have Hogard out there, it made the offense flow a little better it also helps when you have Aaron Henry go off for a career high 27 points 10 of 16 shooting three of five what wasn't great was that even though seven to 23 from the three from every from shooting there was a lot of wide open missed threes 
Langford only one of five. Hauser 0 of two, two wide open threes. L Lawyer 0 of three from three wide open threes. So even though like not everything wasn't completely fixed, like you were seeing wide open shots and eventually those shots will fall. Like it's just a bad stretch. One day they're going to come into it and they're going to light a team on fire. Hopefully it's their their next game against Rutgers, but we'll see. Like eventually those wide open shots will fall. But there was a lot of positives to come out of this game outside of just the fact that they won and finally won their first Big Ten game. Now one and three in the conference. It was nice to see Hogard get 23 minutes a game. Not only be 23 minutes, he had the highest plus minus along with Thomas Kithier at plus eight for the entire game. So it's like when he was out there, the offense was running. The defense was doing a little better. There's still some issues on defense, but we also saw Manny Soka play. He came in, got seven minutes all in the first half, and he made a difference. Two blocks. I mean, surprisingly, no rebounds, but it's like he had his presence made. And he didn't play at all in the second half. At least if he did, it might have been a minute. I didn't notice him. But from what Thomas have said after the game, it was that was more due to the lineup Nebraska was putting out there. Nebraska started to go small. And so it's like, all right, do we really need to bring in our fourth big guy on the team, our fifth big guy possibly on the team? So understandably why Sissoko didn't play as much in the second half, but you saw him get those good first half minutes. So he'll probably be around like 11 to 12 minutes a game going forward. And I think that's needed. That takes those Marcus Bingham minutes. Granted, that takes away some Julius Marble minutes, but I still think there's way for Marble to earn those minutes coming back. I think just because of the smaller team, we didn't see as much of the big guys in this game, the bench guys. Like Hauser played his 20 minutes. Kithier played his 23 minutes. Hall played his 20 minutes, Sissoko 7, Marble 1, Bingham 2. So, like, those those second-tier bench big guys really didn't get a lot of minutes, especially in the second half. Marcus Bingham, I think, got his in the second half. Marbles was in the first, and Sissoko's was in the first. So, I think that's just more due to the lineup. But one thing that was nice in this game is finally turning some defense into offense that was a big struggle against minnesota they forced 14 turnovers had five points off of turnovers like you have to you have to have those swinging possessions to create some offense especially the struggling offense and that's what they did against nebraska 18 turnovers 16 points off those turnovers so that's what was the difference in the game against nebraska than it was minnesota those turnovers were still coming, but they're finally turning them into points. You're swinging those possessions. You're swinging that momentum back to your way. And that's something that was kind of missing in those first three games in Big Ten play. Another person to point out, Thomas Kithier. Again, box score isn't phenomenal, but he was just all over the place, and he's kind of becoming that glue guy down low that, we were hoping for that he was, since he was the starting center and it seemed like that wasn't going to change. It's like, all right, then you at least got to just 
be there. Seven points, four rebounds, but making some hustle plays. He had the one where Langford had his breakaway layup blocked. He was right there to pick it up, slam it home. He had the play late where I think it was Langford's shot that went off the front of the rim. He's right there to at least smack it away to where Aaron Henry can get the rebound. He was making those plays that just where you're like, thank you for being there. Granted, Kithier has some. Had one dumb play where I think he got burned by, you know, with a guard cutting into the lane. He reaches and, like, grabs the back of his jersey while he's going in for an easy layup. Those got to knock it off. Other than that, Kithier, the last few games, has been everything you needed him to be. And so I think that concern is kind of put to rest for me. Because, like, if he can get seven points, you know, five to seven points a game, if his rebounds can go up a little bit from four to, like, seven, have a nice little seven and seven line, perfect. That's what you need you for. That's kind of what you're there for. You're there to do the dirty work. You know the offense isn't running through you. You know the defense isn't running through you. But we also need a little more help defense down low. That's where the biggest issue of that, like, Kithier and Hauser playing together is that the help side defense is just, it's lacking. And I think, granted, we took, we're taking Xavier Tillman's, you know, impact on that a little for granted. Like, because we got that for a nice solid few years and now it's gone. But I mean, granted, you're hoping, like, you, you watched him do it. You, you can do it too. <laughs> but other than that, it was just, it was a much needed just win. Like, yeah, you hope for a 30 point win. State got up 17. Then, as soon as that happened, Nebraska went on a nice little 8 0 run. Nebraska does have some scored, some scores. You have Allen, who went for 23, but high on 10 of 18 shooting. You have that McGowan's kid going for 20. Had that hell of a dunk. Who I can't even remember who that was on. I think it was on Kithier, who he dunked on. It's like Nebraska also not a great three-point shooting team. Shot 47% from three. So that's also kind of issues that perimeter defense. Like, like the guards are getting a little lost when the passes are shooting. They just need to be more observant when the ball's swinging around to not keep leaving guys wide open for threes. Because especially in your next game against Rutgers, like they have a lot of guards, and you don't want to leave Ron Harper Jr. open for a three. He'll hit it. He'll knock him down. So, other than that, just a much needed game. Joey Hauser, though, a rough game for him. One for four shooting, two missed wide open threes. But find out in the post game that he actually. Uh, got a tooth knocked out in like the middle of that game. So uh, Izzo was just saying, like, I'm cutting him some slack because, yeah, you get a tooth knocked out mentally, you're just not straight the rest of the way. So I'm kind of giving him a pass for tonight. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Like, hopefully you come back next game against Rutgers, bounce back, and your head's all straight because it has been a weird few weeks for Hauser because – yeah, you're going to go 
to Virginia. You're going to play your brother. You're going to see your family. That's great. That gets canceled. None of that happens. Then it's the holidays. I think every kid is just in college sports around this time has just been like, we haven't seen our families months. So I think mentally it's just been a rough time for college athletes. And then for Hauser to go through all that and then get a tooth knocked out in a game. He just needs just needs a breather, just needs kind of a get right game. That, that I think that's all it will take. Um, other standouts, uh Rocket Watts. So we kind of saw this different role from him going into today, where he's coming off the bench. He's playing more of the two with lawyer playing playing the point, him coming at the two. And we we saw him play the one a little bit, especially the last couple minutes when the game got close, when it was that seven, eight point, six point window. That's because Rocket Watts is a great on ball defender and he seemed a little more engaged today. Granted, the line three of eight shooting. Granted, I think one shot was at the end of the shot clock. The other was right at the half that, you know, toilet bowled right out of the rim. So nine points, zero assists, three fouls. Like, not the best game but he looked a little better in that game in only 15 minutes so I I assume those minutes will change a little bit like those minutes will go up he'll kind of go up more towards that 20 that 20 minute you know mark maybe even a few more Hogard played 23 Lankford 29 Henry 32 you might see Henry and Langford's minutes come down just a little bit, but when Henry's on fire, you're not going to take him out for extended minutes. Langford heated up a little bit in the second half, so you're not going to take him out as well. So I, I imagine a few of the, their minutes go down. You know, Henry around 28, Langford around like 26, and those minutes go right to Watts, and he'll be right there above 20 just as well. So other than that, like, it was a game well needed. Now go they're going to go play Rutgers coming up on Tuesday. A nice 9 p.m. midweek Big Ten special. That is always fantastic. Two teams in the Eastern time zone getting to play it, do a 9 o'clock tip-off thanks to ESPN. And it's not even on ESPN. It's on ESPN2 because the Heisman Trophy will be given out Tuesday night. Like I, I'm gonna look up real quick to see what even the uh, game at seven o'clock is because honestly that is just obnoxious that they play at nine o'clock on a freaking Tuesday night. Yeah, seven o'clock game is Houston versus SMU at seven. Two teams that guess what are in a different time zone that could tip off at. 8 o'clock their local time if they had the 9 p.m. Eastern tip. But nope, classic ESPN fashion. They're going to put the team in the central time zones. They're going to put them at 7, and they're going to take the eastern time zone teams, put them at 9 o'clock. Love that ESPN scheduling. But this is where Michigan State has to show that are they – going to be a good team this year or are they just going to be a middle of the pack team this year as Rutgers is a good team just coming off a one point loss to, or two point loss to Iowa they had a loss versus Ohio State 
couple days before Christmas, but they're but seven and two on the year and three and two in Big Ten play with uh, wins over Maryland, Illinois, and Purdue. And the, honestly, they play a lot of guards as well. Like their their top scorer, top four scores are all guards. So we're gonna probably see another small lineup coming into this game. You have Ron Harper averaging over 20 points a game, Jacob Young close to 16, Montez Mathis 15 points, Geo Baker 10 points, and those top three scores, Harper, Young, Mathis, all shoot over 40% on three. Harper's almost damn near shooting 50% from three points. So this game, it could be a rough one because this is going to rely on your guards to be guarding that perimeter and not letting up those wide open three-point shots because these guys will hit it. So you need Henry Watts Langford to be locked in defensively. If you told me at the beginning of the year, like, hey, you have to rely on those three to shut down the perimeter, I'd say no problem. If you're telling me now, and from what I've seen the last, like, three weeks of play, I'm a little nervous for this game. Because then, because that's been kind of the weakness here. So that's, that's what's, that's what's going to happen Tuesday night is that there's going to be a lot of emphasis on guarding the perimeter. So we'll see how many minutes Hogard will get coming into this game, knowing how much Tom Izzo respects Rocket Watts on ball defense, how much he respects Henry's on ball defense how much he respects Langford's on-ball defense. Or maybe we see something where it was like the Minnesota game where maybe Sills Watts come off the bench, Henry will be starting, and he kind of wants Henry and Watts always on Ron Harper Jr. I assuming that will be more of the play because in postgame, it's Izzo pretty much said that Hogard will be the starting point guard going forward. So that's what's coming up here for the Michigan State Spartans. And honestly, it's just a nice breath of fresh air to have a win, start the new year with a win. Brad, it was, I know a lot of people, I mean, I made a big deal of three-game losing streak in conferences. It was like, well, I had one last year. Yeah, you did, but you didn't start one off. You didn't start a season off only three in the Big Ten. Isn't coming off wins versus Notre Dame and Duke where you're the de facto ACC champion. I mean, you had your championship game scheduled versus Virginia for the ACC championship and didn't didn't get that chance. But the expectations were changed a little bit after those couple of wins. So that's, I think, where the panic set in for a lot of fans showing like we, we we've seen how great you are. Where, why is this drop-off happened? And weirdly enough, it, Izzo's been talking about how soft society's been, been lately. Maybe he's getting softer. Maybe the way he talks to players, he has to change it a little bit. So I think maybe you're just, I, I don't think, well, A, society's getting softer. I'm not going to get into that debate. But I think just this season, I think Izzo's trying to be softer to, you know, adapt to this situation we're in with the pandemic. Because it's like uh, Hauser said in media availability 
think last week where it's like, yeah, it's different when you have a bad game where it's like, all right, I'm just going to go out with some friends, get some pizza, clear my mind. You know, we're good. Just go out of sight, out of mind for like an hour. These players can't do that right now. So I think when teams start getting into funks, they start getting those funks last a little longer because of the situation they're in. They can't go hang out with a couple of friends for a night and just relax. They have the teammates, but it's like I'm sure they have other friends that aren't on the Michigan State basketball team. They're like, hey, let's go get a pizza. Let's go let's go to the bar, or get a drink or something. Let's if of age. Let's let's just get out of the house tonight. The players don't have that luxury right now. So I think Tom Izzo is still trying to figure out how to handle these players in this type of situation. When to push, when to relax. Because it's it's not it's a situation no coach has dealt with before. So it's just about finding the right balance of pushing the right buttons. And it seems like after the Minnesota loss, he was a little more relaxed, just saying, hey, it was a bad shooting night. Let's just clear our heads. Let's just watch film. Let's just look at what we can correct on our side. Again, those shots will fall. So uh, that's that's enough about Rutgers. That's enough about Nebraska. It's a shame that, you know, Michigan State couldn't get up ahead, get Jack Hoiberg in against his dad, Fred Hoiberg, head coach in Nebraska. But it is what it is. Could have if they extended that 17-point lead. But now brings me to one tweet I saw online. Let me bring it up real quick from... What is this account? B-Ball Breakdown. No idea who this is. Just says he's Coach Nick, the most popular channel dedicated to NBA analysis. 118,000 followers. So, I mean, he has, you know, he has he has a following. But he posted a video clip of Greg Campy. And he's hugging one of his players. Oakland's up by six points over Wright State. But he just, he's hugging him. He's giving him a bear hug, like hyping him up. And just out of nowhere, like, he writes, to all, this is for all Izzo defenders. Here's the way to be passionate without hurting relationships with your players. I mean, excuse my language, but what the fuck are you talking about? Have you ever once talked to any former player about their relationship with Tom Izzo? Do you not see Draymond Green giving the commencement speech to Michigan Michigan State's graduating class two weeks ago? Do you, do you not see all the former players that come back to East Lansing to train and play together during the NBA offseason? Like, have you ever witnessed any former player having a conversation about his time at Michigan State, about Coach Izzo? No. You're referring to the one clip you saw two years ago where he's yelling at Aaron Henry and Cassius Winston holds him back and talks talks to Henry himself. That's the only clip referring you're referring to where there's a questionable in, like instance between him and a player. So before you open your mouth and you want to drag Tom Izzo, how about you do some damn research on what you're talking about? Because you know what happened after that game 
where Tom Izzo ripped into Aaron Henry. It was during the NCAA tournament. Aaron Henry goes out against LSU, puts up a career high in 20 points. And where's Aaron Henry now? Did he transfer? No. Did he go pro after a year or two? No, he's still here. And what do you do? He just put up a career high 27 points versus Nebraska. Like, if you don't like Tom Izzo's antics on the sideline, fine. You say he has a hurt relationships with his players? What the hell are you talking about? For someone who calls himself B-ball breakdown, how about you watch a little more video and do a little more research before you open your mouth about something you clearly know nothing about? Like, what a joke of a tweet. And it's like, I've seen, like, I know Michigan fans don't like the antics of Tom Izzo. They know the relationship he has with former players because they still see it in here today. So get off your little high horse pedestal that you're on. Go stop reading every Paula Levine article that comes out on ESPN about Michigan State and do a little research yourself on Tom Izzo and his relationship with his players before you want to trash him about how Greg Campy teaches his players and coaches his players. And if you did a little more research there, you'd know that Greg Campy and Tom Izzo coach pretty much the exact same way and have the exact same mannerisms. Have you ever watched or Have you ever listened to an Oakland game where you can hear Greg Campy on a microphone? Because it's like six F-bombs every before every media timeout. So if you want to talk about, well, he should learn from this coach. They coach the exact same way. They have the exact same mannerisms. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I didn't want to respond to the tweet or like quote tweet it, say something, but like it dug at me for a good 12 hours. Where it's like, you know what? I'm not going to like, and there was enough MSU fans coming in. Just like, bro, you got to delete this crap. You don't know what you're talking about. So there, like, I got my nice little rant airing of grievances. <laughs> so we'll switch gears real quick. We'll wrap it up. Uh, look at, let's see how the Spartans in the NBA are doing. Miles Bridges right now averaging 10.7 and seven rebounds for Charlotte this year. Bryn Forbes, Bryn Forbes, excuse me, was in San Antonio, signed with Milwaukee. This year, eight and a half points a game. So nice little fit from here to come off the bench. Draymond Green finally played his first game of the year. Zero points in his return, but four rebounds, four assists uh, coming off an injury. Uh, Gary Harris still with the Nuggets, 8.8 points a game right now. Denzel Valentine had a nice game. I just saw a clip on Twitter of him draining a nice deep three. It's nice to see him do that. Uh, uh, almost 10 points a game this year, 9.3 points and three rebounds. Uh, Jaron Jackson and Xavier Tillman have yet to play this year for the Memphis Grizzlies, both recovering from knee injuries, but it sounds like Xavier Tillman will return um, this week. It's Sunday as I'm recording. It's a possibility he'll play today, if not in the Grizzlies' next game. And Cassius Winston, he's currently on the, the two-way 
contract with the Washington Wizards. So he's with their G League affiliate. I haven't looked up um, his number. I don't even know if the G League has officially started yet. So I think he's just hanging out with the Wizards right now, but he's yet to play a game. So that's your Spartans in the NBA. As for what's coming up for MSU Sports, wins basketball against Purdue on Sunday afternoon. Uh, and then they play Maryland Thursday night or early evening at 5 p.m. As for the hockey team, they play Penn State Monday, Michigan on Friday and Saturday. And then as for the men's basketball, they have Rutgers Tuesday night, 9 p.m., then Purdue Friday night at 7 p.m. And what I'm a little excited for, we have some wrestling coming up. Looks like they start their Big Ten uh, schedule uh, not this coming Saturday, not the 9th, but the 16th, taking on Minnesota. I'll di- I'll dive into that a little bit. I know not everyone will be interested here in Michigan State Wrestling, but me as a former wrestler, as someone who got to call college wrestling when I went to college, I like it, so we'll do a little more check-ins with wrestling. I don't care if you like it. We'll talk about it for – I'll give like two minutes on it. Anyway – that's episode what four of Grass is Always Greener. Back on our winning ways with an 84-77 win over Nebraska. Get to take on number 16, number 14 Rutgers. That that rating ranking will change on Monday. Tuesday at 9 p.m. Thanks to ESPN for you know the garbage scheduling. Uh, I'll be back with another episode Wednesday after the game and also to preview their game versus Purdue. Thank you for joining. Grass is always greener with me, your host, Ryan Elke. Find us, find me on Twitter, Ryan, E-L underscore key. Find the podcast, Always Green MSU. Download this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google. It's all there. Search Grass is Always Greener. We're the number one you know, podcast you'll see when you search that. So thank you for listening. We'll be back with another episode, hopefully after another Michigan State win over a ranked Rutgers. This is Grass is Always Greener. Go green. One, two.